Hey, welcome to the Act Fiction Podcast. My name is Mikey Mhenno. I'm really excited because today's episode marks the first in a brand new series we're launching called Matbakh. Matbakh is a series focused on the histories and cultures of food in and of the Arab world. Today's episode is with Jordanian chef Ahmad Sartawi. We talked to Ahmad about his work and the way he approaches food. It's a really interesting conversation. I got to tell you, this series is going to be fantastic. We have some of the best chefs, writers, historians who are all focusing on food of the Arab world. So stay tuned. Go to afrika.com slash RSVP to see the upcoming episodes. Welcome, everybody. This is our first episode of the new Matbakh series. Uh, welcome, Ahmad. Uh, Ahmad is a Jordanian chef and food artist whose work gives a new meaning to food creation. Although his attraction to world cuisines is undeniable, Ahmad remains true to his origins, drawing most of his inspiration from Middle Eastern and Jordanian roots. He's developed many artistic twists on popular dishes, giving birth to liquid hummus, transparent take on the tradi- uh, traditional za'atad mana'ish, transparent labne, and a modern take on mensaf, among many others. Most notably, in 2017, Ahmad's creation, Jamid Chocolate, uh, a revised salty dried yogurt creation, earned him international recognition. Uh, he has been featured in many national and international media outlets such as CNN, BBC, Reuters, Al Jazeera, and publications such as Harper's Bazaar, Architectural Digest, and others. Ahmad, welcome to Matbakh. Hi, Kifak. Thank you for having me, first of all. <clears throat> I'm a big fan of Afikra and a big fan of your work, guys. And it's truly as an honor to actually uh, to be on it. And I like that um, Al Matbakh. Uh, it's it's a fresh take on on food where culture is the actual ingredient, and I think that's very interesting because uh, nowadays life is going where culture would be the actual ingredient. So yeah. so this is a very avant-garde thing, and really uh, I'm, I'm glad to be uh, on this amazing uh, uh, series with amazing legends in the Middle East. That like I'm really honored to be amongst. Thank you so much. Well, we're honored to have you here. Um, Thank you. So let's start with uh, where you are. So you're in Jordan right now. That's where you're calling from. Uh, you're Jordanian. You grew up in Jordan. And I'd love to sort of talk briefly about what your relationship was like growing up to food in Jordan. Uh, I want to brush by, by, I want to answer by saying food in Jordan. And in the region, in, in the region of um, um, Syria, Lebanon, uh, this region, the, the big Syria, it's a very culturally rich um, heritage where food is celebratory and where food, we are one of the most blessed people when it comes to the types of food. We have many different types of food. Like we have the, like, like usually cultures, they have like the really fancy food or like the wrong food, okay? We have the simple food. We have the azimi food when people are coming over. We have the Ramadan food. We have the Christmas food. And it's it's part of celebration in our culture to a, to a maximum part, and and it's rich in every sense of the of, of the word. And you see simple ingredient being taken to to. And I remember walking at a street food when I was a kid. Uh, you can see meat and aubergine both treated in respect to a manner that you can elevate them, and they are both at the same level. Few cultures do have that, like where food is is a core part of their celebration and their identity. And I was lucky enough to be born in such a culture where most occasions were around food. So if you love people, you would invite them to food. If you are upset with people, you'd make, you know, you'd make amends over food. Okay. If someone is coming, you just make them food. So everything is food, 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 food. And, and this was a huge part 
of 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 my uh, my upbringing. But the remarkable part, and I noticed at a later stage in my age, because I shifted my career, is that I've always been fascinated by by people with craft. So you mentioned right now about um, uh, switching careers, and I actually don't want to brush by this for a second because you started your career like like most Jordanian uh, men as as an engineer, um, and going into construction, right, which features very 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 heavily in the work you do now. You you are, you are almost still in the world of construction, um, but thank before, you. <laughs> I like to think design, but okay. I mean, no, you're right. I, I, I say that I say that um, with enormous admiration. No, no, I understand. Yeah. You, you're totally right. But I, I have a question about this. Before you made the switch, I want to know what did what did you, what was your relationship with food? You personally. I've always been fascinated with the craft of anything that that uses the hand. Like, I, my my father was a brain surgeon, and there is a stigma that comes with that. You know that you need to be educated in a specific way. You need to do specific things. Okay, so it's not like you have the, like you have the illusion of freedom. <laughs> so you're allowed to choose whatever you want as as long as one of these three things. You know, <laughs> like a doctor or so. And and um, the problem was I've, I would be sitting with doctors, and I remember. There was this butcher like beneath our house, and I'd be sitting with doctors and politicians and all these men of, of business, and I would be just fascinated with the guy just cutting the meat and doing all these things. And uh, <clears throat> so I've always been fascinated with craftsmanship, not just food, craftsmanship, but with food, I've always had the real connection to it. It just fascinates me. It's the, to me, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And uh, my mom would always, and some people would joke, you know, you should be a chef, you should have studied chef, you should have something. But as, when I was at that time to choose what to study, um, the culinary art was not something uh, highly looked up to, you know, it was not the thing. And I remember I went to London to study engineering. And London was not, was the one of the most horrible cities in the world of food. I mean, the food was just horrible in London. But I just want to say the change that it took in 20 years, okay? London now is the most interesting cities in the world. And that's where I want to actually come to that later, where we can change. We are the change. And I remember I used to study engineering, and I would miss classes just to watch, like, Gordon. I used to be fascinated by Marco Pierre White. He's the, the teacher of Gordon. So I would just, like, miss Electricity 101 or circuits or something. And I'd be just, like, watching Gordon cooking and shouting at someone. And, you know, you're an idiot sandwich, <laughs> these things. And it's just fast. This it's risotto fast. is shit. Your risotto is shit, you know. Like, yeah, Gordon, tell him. So, but I didn't have the 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 let's say the courage to to um, to uh, jump into food, and that's what I think. The where and we cannot change ourselves. It's it's a long journey. Yeah. So to me, I want to tell you a story. A chef wants to feed you the most beautiful food in the world. I don't really care. I just want to feed you part of the story. So I might feed you horrible, horrible food that will like make your eyes pop. And then something after it will be delicious and it will make you tear. So to me, I don't want your acceptance every single dish. Yeah. I, I, want to, yeah. I want to tell you a story. And if you don't like it, fair enough. I have thick skin to respect that. Okay, so let's talk about some of these, these um these pieces almost. Um, what is the story behind um, the images that we're looking at right now, which are uh, what you've called aubergine leather? Okay. It's, it's basically, I, I've learned uh, that 
questions are more important than answers. And and if you can ask a really good question and and then uh, and honestly put ourselves and try to answer it, then we will definitely have a really good answer, no matter what. But the question is more important. So I was just working on something and doing something called Darwin's chicken. Uh, Darwin said that uh, chicken is um, basically was a fish, and I was trying to figure out how would you interpret that into a dish where Darwin's fish. And from there, I did the Darwin chicken, and then I thought it'd be amazing if I do this atino with zaytun. There is this verses in Quran it says atino with zaytun, and the flavor profiling is not available in the world, Arabic world. And it always fascinated me how come we don't have it as a flavor profile. So I was thinking, can I do that? So I did teen leather, uh, fig leather, and I stitched it on an olive. And it was a beautiful piece. And I was, can I do something more experimental? Can I do our kusa, like our uh, stuffed courgettes with, with uh, wine leaves? And, and then I figured out that the aubergine, it's really thick and it's, it behaves like leather. And I went on to create a leather-like material. And that's where I, my engineering training comes in. And that's where the critical thinking comes in. And that's where Mikey uh, faith comes in, where I was thinking, um, I was trying to create a leather. But at a certain point, I discovered I changed because I'm putting myself beyond my means. I thought, this is actually not a leather. This is a special, unique material. What I managed to do is here, is just find there's something called critical mass point. Basically, if you apply pressure to anything, it will bend. Then afterwards, afterwards it will break. Okay, this this point is the maximum pressure this material will hold. I had a crazy idea. Does time have a critical mass? Can I break time? Would time quit? And I started using these ancient techniques from Inca to very modern technique, like so all these different techniques. And because I did food science when I was shifting to food to to cooking, I did food chemistry and food uh, uh, food history uh, uh, online courses on Harvard and so many places. So I was using all my knowledge and just trying to to break time and just let it just. I don't want it to rot. I don't want it to 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 break. I stumbled upon this very like joyous handmade material. It's nothing like anything in the world been done. This is the actual skin of the material, and it ages differently. The colors, look at the colors. I cannot, I cannot recreate that. Like this piece is unique. Can we talk a little bit about just the process of creating these masks? So this is, you know, these are eggplants, aubergine, um, and those. That's the skin. Yeah. And it's it's. It's a process that you are familiar with of like dehydration. No, no, I may, I, 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 as I told you, yeah. um, Mikey, what, what happens, you become, yeah. it, it, okay, okay, I just wanna just to explain because the process is yeah. not one plus one equals two. So it was just testing how can I kill an enzyme? How can I preserve the enzyme? Fungus, at what temperature, at what pH? So I have all this information. I was just applying that on many different elements and experimenting. And, uh, um, and I created the material, and it and it's it's my it's I mean it's accumulated started, and then I was kind of stitch it, and then I stitch it, and like the first one we stitched, we did it by hand, and I yeah. was like over the moon, oh my god, we managed to stitch it, and yeah. actually this this piece now it's framed and it's gonna be part of a huge expo that's that's gonna be happening. It's like uh, it's like the oldest uh, aubergine alive because it's like three years old. Okay, it hasn't rotten, it's still the same, it's stitched, and they can only stitch it with a machine. And it's not easy to do that in Jordan because, like, you know, like if you imagine if you go to like to someone with a stitching machine, and like, that's an origin. Can you stitch it to me? You can yeah, imagine yeah. what happened. So I used so, to fake and pretend it's leather, 
So I would take it in the beginning to a shoemaker. I'm like, yeah, stitch this. I'm like, that's leather, yes, that's leather. So, and then a little bit, I got people believing me a little bit more. We started using better machines, better the craftsmanship, uh, proper engineers, and it became stitchable and it became workable. And we started doing beautiful things with it. And yeah. from there, actually, um, I did something from different, same technique with different materials. I did something with oranges. And actually now I just brought you something. This is something called the duck color orange. And this is like a limited high-end brass and orange material. This is like a side table limited. Um, it's a collaboration with architect Karim Sawalha. He's a great architect. And that's what I see opportunity. Sometimes things align. Like I was a huge fan of Karim and I want to work with him. We've always wanted to, and we've always flirted with the idea, but nothing materialized. And then suddenly I see him and he has this line called animal line. I see a duck feet. And there is a French dish called duck à l'orange. And I like call him Karim. <laughs> Listen, let's use the orange with the duck à l'orange. And just, just faith plays itself, you know? And from there, we created this limited edition side tables. Nice. All right, let's keep on going. I want to talk a little bit about um, part of this series is um, trying to focus on a single ingredient. Every uh, every guest of the show is going to either pick an ingredient, a, uh, a traditional dish, a recipe, or a technique. Um, we spoke beforehand, and I asked you which one you wanted to talk about, and you mentioned Janine. So for those of us who are unfamiliar what, with this ingredient, just at its most basic level, um, what is Janine? Jamid is, um, it's, it's milk, sheep's milk. It's the milk, they, they take the butter from it. And then they, um, they kind of salt it and uh, they make it into a rock-like form. So it's a very solid form. And it has preserved life in this region. Yani, like in, see, I think always uh, food, um, is an expression of the culture, an expression of the region itself. So you are talking about the desert. Imagine people with milk in the desert, okay? And they don't have the caves in France to make that kind of cheese, okay? So imagine how resourceful they are. They created this, this exotic, most unique experience ingredient just to this region, okay? It's like a rock. And if you see it, if you hit someone with it, <laughs> really, you can really, like, do damage. That's that, like... And it's... Well, the, it's the, so name, the name is Jamid. Yeah, the name is like yeah, it's salty and and it's 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 non-apologetic. It's like, yeah, and it has preserved life for like a thousand years. And basically, uh, it's dehydrated yogurt uh, or milk with a lot of salt. Okay, and they carry it when they travel and once they want to eat. Okay, uh, they just dissolve it with water. And when I was trying to first, when I was trying to do something for our culture, how can I reinterpret our culture? I was asked to do that for Amman Design Me. And it was such an interesting task because I was educated. I had the knowledge. I did not know how to use my brain. Okay. And a common friend, she was like, I was like, listen, I Googled. I didn't find anything. She was, so go do it. <laughs> and no one has told me that before, you know, because before I was always learn that I must learn something from someone, not figure it out myself. So I went to figure it out myself. And that was like the hardest three months of my life. I swear to God, you cannot imagine. This was uh, what year? This was, that was 2017 like or 2016? 19, that was 2016. Yeah. And the friend is uh, Rana Beirute? 
Abir Seqali. Abir. I was asked, yeah, I was asked to do something for the Amandi's army. And uh, it was, my God, it was, I just went, I worked in a falafel shop for three days. First two days, the guys was telling me how to do things and how creative he is. And people throw creative very loosely, you know. So then the third day, I was being creative in front of him. And the guy was just in shock. He was, oh, my God, what is this? And then I just started experimenting. And then it just hit me that Jameed is the pillar of our culture. And nothing is more relevant than Jameed to us. And, and, and then, then at that moment, I was just trying to figure out what Jameed is to me and what Jameed is to my friends and to us and to the foreigners. And it just hit me something. I was thinking, you know, the, the term exotic, can I make Jameed exotic to a Jordanian? Can I make this, this, this material that's very unapologetic? And, and I did that. I mixed it with chocolate and it took me like two months of failure and failure. And Mikey, it's scary because... First of all, like now I have many projects behind me. So, Yanni, you know, Yanni, you know how to go around things and how to do things and how to use your brain faster, how to get things. But, but at that time, I had, I, I did not know any. I, the only thing I had faith, I just felt there was a feeling in me that I'm going to reach something. But so, um, Ahmad, I'm going to switch to a quick Q and A, um, and then we're going to open it up to questions from everyone. I'm going to right now. You're very well read. Uh, what are you reading or watching right now? I'm very often, I'm very affected by by things. So I try to read based on yani I I read philosophy, I read to, to read theology, I like to read. But at the moment I'm going through a transition period where I'm trying to understand things. For that reason, I'm not reading at all. I'm just trying to I've crossed the point where reading can help me from people. I just need to experience some things. So I'm going through this phase where I need to figure some of the existential things about me, my culture all these things so okay who would you love to shadow for a day past or present i think one of the most beautiful things i've seen is david by by michelangelo and and no matter how many times i look at it it's just beautiful so i would love to be at the moment he unveiled it okay um a little lighthearted questions what is your guilty pleasure sort of food choice at midnight Midnight. To midnight, me, food is timeless. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, I want to. To me, food is timeless. I don't tell me midnight morning. I eat anything anytime. Any. So, to me, like Maglube is is yani uh, Maglube is, uh, is is my my love. Yani, it's, it's I, I love yani. When I when I look Maglube, I've seen people love their children less or their other part. I'm like yeah. looking at Maglube, like really focusing on it. And I'm like, I'm coming to see you now. So, yeah, so <laughs> definitely Maglube. Okay. Um, wh- what is the dish that reminds you most of home? Um, food is, is the dish. It's, it's my, uh, the most important dish in my life was uh, my grandmother. Once we were sitting together and we had this soba this um, small fireplace and she put this bread and we ate this uh, this laban and uh, this was beautiful I remember I was trying to eat all the laban on top and she just shouting at me I should eat fair amounts of you know the skin versus the yogurt so okay I want to open it up to questions um so actually my question that was both of us dress as people like eat as you like so the chef Omar, he says that I want to make something that people will love it. So my question was, like, how can you make people love your cuisine? Because some people, they like this and they like that. So the idea that, that I'm trying to say is that 
from saying that people want you to dress in a specific way, okay, and eat in your home. But what if you feed them something? Because feeding them something, you're touching them on so many levels, on the hearing, on the food, on all these things, on the senses, okay? So would people allow you to change the status quo, to change the norm? You like kimchi. Would you allow me to put coffee with kimchi and then feed you something different, okay? By doing that, you're going to be resistance to that. 100% you're going to be resistance, okay? Some, some cultures more than other, okay? So in the Middle East, for example, we are very comfortable with our things. We're not used to creativity. We're not used to being questioned, being uh, tested, being think differently. So once you feed some, someone a different interpretation of an ingredient, okay, most of them, they will not like it. It will be an experience. Some people will love it, but the majority, they will not because you are changing something in them. So it is more than food. What I, what I was trying to say is if I go to Korea and I open a hummus kimchi place, okay, most people will be offended because I'm changing what they are comfortable with. So when I come and, and I test every belief you have, and I just tell you, you know what? This is not right. Jameed is not only with me. I will give you the chocolate. I'm going to build with it, okay? I'm really changing the basics, the common knowledge that you have, the, the comfortable level that you have. And in doing so, some will like me, mostly will hate me because they will think I'm not making them comfortable anymore. Okay. Um, next question comes from Fadi, uh, who is going to be on the series in a, a couple of weeks. Fadi Khattan. Fadi, are you there? Fadi. Hi, Omar. Habibi, love you. I love you too. Omar, I have a question. Um, and we've talked about it in the past, but now I'd like to share it with people. Um, how do you think modernizing cuisine and fusion food are different? And how do these two impact your thinking and production process, I would or creative process? I think fusion is basically when you blend two things together and they blend beautifully taste-wise, they blend beautifully as a dish. Um, it's beautiful for the side for all these things. Where I think uh, to, to modernize food, to modernize the culture, you need to be like, I cannot modernize the Indian food, for example. I would fail at that miserably. Fadi, I don't think he would be able to do that. But we can modernize our Arabic culture. So the idea is that uh, the difference is that I would say Fusion is really someone that's really talented with the palate, with flavor profiling, with mixing things together. Where modernizing Arabic food, it needs someone understanding the culture, son of that culture. Um, understanding the history, loving the history. You need to find yourself in that. It's a byproduct of love. It will not come out of, it's not something that you do for money. It's something you do because you don't know why. Uh, there is something very important I really believe in. There is something called the unknown. Um, and this is what makes humans who they are, the uniqueness of them. If, if you take someone like Shakespeare and if you teach 10,000 people the, the same exact life path and education that he had, you would never have Shakespeare. So what I'm just trying to say is that there are some unique people, I think, that they can take culture to different places because of their rich, um, um, rich complexity of things. So I think the difference is, is, is very prominent between modernizing and fusion. And they are both very important. I think you need 10,000 fusion, that's maybe five uh, or 10 modernizing. Fadi, you know, I think you're a genius. So you have to be genius to do that. So I really think already you're a genius. So. So, Ahmed, we're out of time. I want to ask you one question, just a final question. I'm going to try to get you to answer as quickly as possible. Do you feel like your work is, is primarily um, concerned with modernizing food from this culture or 
Um, and or do you think that your work is almost um, concerned with creating art using food as a material? Very good question. Um, we evolve. I, 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 I never thought I wanted to become an artist. I just am expressing myself. So in the sense of, I don't think they go either or. They can go together. Uh, it's just a matter of, like Fadi, and he expresses, everyone that you have, they want to express themselves. Okay, And I'm just growing more of, I want to express myself. I do want to modernize my food. That's where I started. Uh, and I did not ever wanted to call myself an artist or to become an artist, because I've just been drifting to that. And at one point, I crossed the line. When I crossed that line of cooking and art, I was uncomfortable for a week. Like I was like really struggling with that. But um, names are not the most important thing, the calling things like names. I would just say, just to, to spread our culture. I think we really have a beautiful, rich culture. And I'm not apologetic about using this culture in many different ways and just trying to express it to the world. I really think with the people you have, the amazing lineup you have, people like Fadi, like Sami, that's doing amazing work, Anissa already is doing amazing. Everyone, everyone, come on, everyone on board, Tarek, everyone, I think these are taking our culture to beautiful places. They are getting into people's houses, they are getting into people's minds, into their life, into their spirit. And this is art more than anything else. This is the art of telling a story, the art of telling a culture. Okay. Well, Hamad, thank you for kicking off the series. I really appreciate it. This was a, a pleasure to have you on. Thank you to everyone who joined. Mikey, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me and, and enjoy. You have an amazing lineup. Can't wait to hear you guys and, and really great work. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy your day or night, wherever you are. We'll see you next time. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to watch the full uncut version, go to youtube.com slash afikra. There you can see the full video versions of these podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to afikra.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikra.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.